Welcome to another episode of Driving to the Riz with your favorite hosts, Larry and Emilia. I feel like we're um, old hats at that. Oh, yeah. This time, I can it even worked. wing it. it I can just wing it and say it, it and remember it. It worked. Yeah. Totally. In sync. In sync. Ish enough. Ish enough, yeah. All right. The only one thing that we have to work on so far now. Oh, no. What? I'm recording it in time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, unfortunately for Sandra and Ilya. We're doing this very, very late in the week. So, How late? Yeah, very, very late. How late? <laughs> One day before they have to release it. And it, it's already 11.30 tonight? Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. It's because we were so busy. We were actually quite busy this week. We were. And I mean, we could have probably set aside an hour. We tried. And we did try. We talked about it. Yeah, starting on Wednesday, we started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we did. Totally did. And now it's Saturday at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, I think it's after 11. It is. And you remembered. I did. Yes. And it's a good job that you made a late dinner because... Now we can stay up late and digest for a little while. Exactly, because I can't go to sleep if I have a late dinner. We had buffalo spaghetti, by the way. It was very nice. It is top. Top, yeah. Very top. Yeah, it is. So, um... Some of the things I was curious to talk about, you know, we were trying to talk about aliens a little bit. Uh-huh. I think we should talk about aliens for a little while. Why? Why should we talk about aliens, do you think? Well, we're reading a book every night. Mm-hmm. Edith Fiore's book. Jeez, I think from the 70s or 80s. Uh-huh. Do you know when it is? No, oh, it's called Encounters. Encounters, yeah. It's, um, oh, geez, that's the funny part. <laughs> I can't even read it. <laughs> it's too teeny. I need glasses. It's 1989. Oh. But she was a psychologist, I believe, yeah. A psychologist reveals case studies of abductions by extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was using um, hypnosis. She was, yeah. Recalls. yeah. Yeah, and some of the stories are... It's amazing, that, honestly. To me, it's amazing that many of them, if not all of them, they basically share a common th- commonalities amongst all of them, and it's not like any of these people heard anybody else's story ever. What commonalities can you think of that they were talking about? Well, they basically all go... They go from, it happens at night when they're in bed usually. Uh-huh. And they um, somehow float through the walls. Mm-hmm. And they look back and their bodies aren't even in their bed still. So it's not like they're um, astral projecting or out of body traveling or something and don't know what's going on. Right. Their body isn't back in on their the bed when they look around and look. Yeah. But their wife is or their husband is or whomever. Yeah. And um, they often see... Um, they see people up there with them also when they get taken to their ships Mm -hmm. and they have a physical exam almost always and sometimes it's not a terribly comfortable one but oftentimes 
in part of the exam, there's a healing involved where something that's been bothering them is dealt with. Mm-hmm. It's almost I have noticed that the different books that we read, yeah. if they are from, like, say, a counselor or psychologist, they do tend to cluster people with a similar story. It's mm-hmm. almost like the people who are related to a certain type of ET experience that's they go to them. It's almost like that. Yeah, because some of the other ones don't have a what we call a you know a, an issue that they want to go to one of these psychologists to help with. Right. And usually these ones have um, experiences that they cannot recall, but they have anxiety, anxieties, distress, fears, fears, phobias, phobias, weight issues, stuff like that. Yeah, they do. And so they go to the the psychologist to try and help them deal with the issue. And this particular lady is a psychologist who also does um, abduction regression, mm-hmm. I suppose, in a way. Yeah. Right. And so most of the people that are there already are there for that reason. There's a couple who just went because, like, they remember, there's that. a few stories. They know that she does that. They think yeah. they might have had some. They mm-hmm. don't remember it. So they're going to go there and help uh, see if she can check into it. Yep. So the stories that they tell, you know, besides the last one, the last one was a bit wild. That was he weird. He was like a member of Star Trek or something. And she, but he was not like Star Trek, it was like Battlestar Galactica yeah. Star Trek. He had and, come in as a kind of a soul or spirit and had possessed a, a little boy's body. No, no, he retired, remember? He yeah. lived his whole life Somewhere else. as a Battlestar commander or whatever yeah. this Invading starship thing, thing. He wasn't like a giant ship. He was... Maybe a thousand people on his mm-hmm. ship, right? Yeah. And he was part of a group of five ships and a giant or one. So, you know, it's like, that's a lot. Anyway, he was retiring. And for his retirement, he picked to have a life on Earth. Which was at the retirement planet, according to his people. Yeah, because they're not going to be bothered by Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's going to go there to do anything. Right. So, in order for him to retire, he had to possess a little boy. Yeah. And he became that boy. And the longer and he, he kicked stayed, that boy out. Yeah. And the longer he stayed in that boy's body, the more he forgot his own life. Right. When he first started there, he remembered it. Everything. But as he went on, he would forget it. And that's part of the deal. Yeah. To have a true good retirement. Yeah. That one was a bit hard to... I mean... It seemed a bit fantastical, right? Yeah, I, think uh, I mean, it's like we're talking about alien abductions, and <laughs> this one is a little too fantastical. The other one, yeah. no, that's perfectly acceptable. But this a, one, that's a, a little too much. There was a whole bunch of things that I think were not quite accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the whole possession thing, that you can't really do that. It feels to me that because of how he explained that he came back into the little boy's body... It feels to me that he was actually having experiences in astral worlds. Mm-hmm. And in the astral plane, yeah, people do have that type of experiences. But the whole, you know, space opera and space uh, war thing was like out of a sci-fi movie. It, totally you know, it just made no sense, like <laughs> zero sense. Yeah, it, it felt... Like it was more 
symbolic of an experience than literal. Yeah. Or literal in the astral plane because people travel into the astral planes to create astral worlds and astral rooms and they have friends there and they have all sorts of adventures there that they can't have on earth because earth is too it's also the earth is like an astral room but it's more solid Mm -hmm. so and it has like more defined rules of what the experiences are going to be like in here so for people say that do want to have like a space opera type experience and they go into an astral creation with others, and they have it there, right? They have wars and all sorts of things there. So in his hypnosis, he was recalling his astral travel experiences, not his real prior life experience? Yeah, because then when he used to how go out of that, his how body... How would he be able to tell the difference, do you think? It wasn't a previous life, because he used to come out of his body that then grew up and became a man. And used to go back to that ship and those people. And that's what happens when you go into the astral realms. If you created a world there, you can get back and have a chat like it's today, you know, mm-hmm. several years later or whatever. When you're both grown up or whatever, right? That's what you can do. So to me, it feels like that's what was happening in that situation. But the rest were definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. My experience reading these stories to you is three pages in or so, my voice starts going away. (laughs) What, three pages? You mean three sentences? Three paragraphs in. Gibberish comes out. Yeah. Three paragraphs in. (laughs) And then your eyes close. Then I go quiet for five minutes or so. And (laughs) then I snap back and I go, Oh. Okay, where was, where was I? I? <laughs> then I start reading again. Yeah. And then I'll go for a little while, and I, I'm reading there, and my eyes will seem to, like, cross, and the words will come out garbled. Yeah. And then I have to look at it for a little while and go, what is going on? Yeah. We have a theory that you are blocking certain abduction memories from yourself, so that that's why when you're reading other people's they start triggering those and you go to sleep. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. probably one there. Do you know how to um, hypnotize regress me, honey? Yes. Oh, you want to do it? Right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. No. We'll have to do it later. Yeah. And record it. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll and then listen it. to it. Yeah. See if there was some experiences there. And then you can listen to it and then decide whether you'd like to publish it or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I I do have memories, although they're they're um, like instead of memories like I remember I did this, mm-hmm. it's memories of oh this is for that, this was done because of that, this is here, this is for this kind of a thing, not I remember somebody named Jeff grabbed me and we took off on the ship and when it laid down and did this and put that there and I just remember that thing's there for that reason. You know what I'm saying? No, what kind of thing and where? Like the um, thing in my nose. Oh, yeah, the implant that kept blowing up all the time because yeah. you were near me. Yeah, that wasn't accounted for in the engineering. Mm. engineering department had no idea. Yeah, when people hung out with me, their implants start flaring up and falling out. 
<laughs> we do have it too. Yeah, I collected one it. Of them, one of them, because I kept replacing it. Gosh, I had the worst bloody noses for the longest time doing that. Mm -hmm. It was so irritating. It's like, imagine having. Well, I'm not going to go into it. You can it's imagine. A, it's it's a, just an uncomfortable yeah, thing in your thing. nose that just it yeah, just continues to be more and more uncomfortable. It's like having hay fever or something mm -hmm. in one nose. And eventually when it came out, when one of them came out, because then they replaced it a few weeks or months later, and then they stopped. You said, put it on my toe, you said. Put it into my toe or somewhere else, for God's sakes. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my nose is so irritating. Yeah, and then your toes started flaring up. <laughs> yes, it did. It wasn't better. I think no. they stuck it in my knee. Oh, no, no, they didn't. <laughs> that was something else. That's just you being a bit brutal with your body. You injured your knee. Okay. But it looked like, um, we still have it somewhere, but it looked like a little metal, tiny, little, tiny, tiny. You have to look at it with a magnifying glass. And it's like a line, it's like a line with little hooks. Yep. Remember it that? It was like, it hooks itself in, yeah. Yeah. And the hook was like a transmitter of some kind or something. Yeah. Yeah, that makes some sense because when I read these stories and I'm going down their stories when I get into the authentic ones, you know, the guy with the... the guy, oh, no, you were able to read that from beginning to whole, end. That tells his you... His whole space Battlestar Galactica thing. Yeah, that also tells you, right? Right, that it it's, does. it's not abduction. The other ones, though... That's hilarious. I'm laughing at myself when it's happening too. Mm -hmm. Listening to my own words come out. <laughs> oh, God's sakes. I'll just wait a little while. And I shake my head. Yeah, you do. <laughs> shake it off. <laughs> so oh one of the things goodness. that I notice in these stories that they will say things like, the ship's right there. It's like as big as a football field or two. Right over these trees. And nobody can see it. Mm -hmm. I've seen that too. That happened to me once too. So, well, it's really hard to reconcile that pro possibility that there's a giant ship. It's just right over there and just nobody can see it. Mm -hmm. With, uh, you know, the experience that we all basically have, most everyone which is, there is, like, you can go your whole lifetime wanting to see one and never see one. Mm. Or if you do, it's a light way, way, way up there. <laughs> I think I see a UFO, because that light moved. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny little white dot. The tiny little white dot, way up there. I used my night vision goggles and, ta-da, I saw a UFO. <laughs> and it flared. Oh, there's Lucy. Yeah. She's doing her guard dock at night. She has a new fence. Yeah. So, how can those two realities co be both? I mean, how can that happen? It doesn't seem fair. Either they're here or they ain't. If you're going to be abducting people and examining them and having, you know, um, hybrid babies and all the other stuff and collecting sperms and eggs and making hybrids and have, like, members of your family incarnate into human bodies so that they have a family experience. I mean, all that stuff going on. How can we just continue to swim through the goldfish bowl like it's just goldfish food it's Tuesday? 
Mm. There's nobody so, landing in the front yard coming right. and say, yeah, 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 hi, we're your cousins. We've been taking you every night for the last 10 years, <laughs> but you don't remember it because we like it that way or whatever. Mm. I mean, that seems absurd. Like your guys, your little guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to see them every day, like physically see them. Yeah, that's, was about that's the way it should be. If you're going to be hanging out and yeah. doing stuff, at least, hey. Like they were four or five years old. Of course, one of the ladies said in the pictures, like, I think they have, what they have is an overlay on them. Her, her, her friends or family or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They have an overlay over them because their true form is hideous to human eyes. And, uh, doesn't cover their whole body and their funny toes sticked out the bottom. Remember that picture? <laughs> I never saw the pictures. I didn't know the book had pictures. <laughs> yeah, it has pictures. <laughs> I'll show you that one. That one's kind of cracks me up. Okay. Her, her, her friends, fam- see here? Let me see. They had like an overlay and then the funny toe sticks out oh, the bottom. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the hands and the toes. Yeah. That's really weird. <laughs> Quite weird. Yeah. So why, why? Why, why, why? Why can't you, Larry? Me, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If that abduction things have been going on, and we don't really call it abduction, just we just call it pickup. Okay, pickup. Have a nightly pickup, a check in every now and then, and uh, why? Why is it at night and you don't remember it? How's that? Let's start with that. Uh, well, there's. I mean, we could talk about it for hours. But okay. At night. You're less busy, right? So your absence won't be missed. Oh, with por- oh, including the people around us. Of course. You're part of a collective. You're part of a family. The dogs. The dogs. The chickens. Right. Yeah, the house. So you. I, you can see a pattern, right? Because people get abducted when they're in their car traveling and they're going to get there. They get late. They're late. But people are not expecting them just to vanish in front of their eyes. Yep. Right. So that's one of them, right? You would think with as many people as have those cameras by now, they would have noticed like the person's gone in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Oh, they do. There's there's a whole bunch of videos like that. The security cameras, yeah. Then the 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 bed goes, (laughs) and it goes, and it goes back (laughs) out. Oh, well, yeah. I haven't seen those. Yeah. My YouTube doesn't show that. Yeah. There were some. I some believe that there are some. Yeah. yeah, they have those. They don't see the person floating out the window. It's just like suddenly they're gone from the sheets and then they're back, which is weird. Yeah. And do you remember when um, that our friend came over, the Sasquatch boy? Yep, yep. Do you remember his name? Todd. Todd. Todd Standing. Todd Standing, that's him. Yeah, he has a new show. Oh, cool. Anyways, he came over and the Sasquatch came through. I remember that was crazy. Through me, talking through me. We were on Ilaria. I know, it felt really strange because I'm very small, physically small. I'm tiny. But your head was bouncing off the roof. I'm five foot one in real life, right? Yeah. And, um, and when the, their collective came to talk to him, 
I felt huge. I felt way bigger than I felt like I was looking at everybody from the ceiling. Well, I remember it felt and looked. It felt energetically like your head was bent over and your yeah. back of your shoulders was touching the roof. Yeah, that's how it felt to me too. Yeah, and, and he was Todd looking was up like to me, sitting at this table, going, looking up like, at me. He was actually looking at <laughs> me, which is strange because yes. he's like six was, foot six or something. Yeah, he he's was giant. very tall. Yeah. That was very, very And one of the things that they said was one of the individuals with you, he's not really a right match. Uh, he, his reasons are not right, uh, correct or something like that, that they weren't mm-hmm. going to show themselves to him. And yeah, he said, oh, what do I do? He said, nothing, we'll just keep him asleep. Yeah, when we show up to visit, he can't. You won't be able to wake him up. Yeah, that Don't was try. It. Don't try because... He mustn't wake up. And then when they were out there in the field, they heard some sounds or whatever, and they tried to wake this man up, and they couldn't. Yeah, they tried to anyway, but he didn't wake up. Yeah, he didn't wake up. And after it was all gone, boom, he wakes up, fresh as a daisy. (laughs) And it's like that, do you see? Yeah, I kind of do, but why does it... Well, I suppose if if you had uh, recall of all of these happenings, Mm -hmm. then your entire life would be preoccupied with it. Probably. You wouldn't actually be doing, like, getting up and going to do your work and your job and stuff. You'd be like the guy in Close Encounter of the Third Kind making Devil's Tower in his (laughs) bedroom. (laughs) Well... Everybody, you got to listen to me. Here's what's going on. I think what you're expressing right there is that you break your game. It would break break your your game. game. You wouldn't be able to pretend anymore. No, you wouldn't be able to pretend that we're in a three-dimensional round world called Earth. and All of the collective agreements collective that are in place right now would be... Were... They would be unusable. Right. You couldn't use them. You couldn't... <clears throat> you couldn't even... Yeah. I guess there are people, some people, who they have that experience and then they um, go to their hypnothing... They start and they recall the stuff, mm-hmm. and it helps them with their psychological issue that they're having. But it doesn't seem like um, it breaks their game because they don't actually, you know, completely remember it to mm-hmm. the to a, to like a full degree. They listen to themselves telling themselves this, right. so it's like more like listening to the story than really actually knowing that you knowing had and reliving this it. Morning, yeah. Right. But so, yeah, so it also reminds bit, me of... A little close, a little different, but it is relieve, relieves some of the pressure, mm-hmm. I think. I was reading uh, the RD6 killer book from 2019, the, mm. the Indian stories. She talks it's about funny how we got all stories. the Killian books again. I know, yeah. And um, it was funny because we were having a live meeting with the Walk With Me Now team that meet in Second Life. And we were doing what the cafe group. Um, so we do like book readings and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I read a new chapter of the Earth Files, which is the latest novel from the Return series. And um, that's get it got re- written for the second draft because the first draft's finished and now the second draft is finished actually. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I have to just finalize a little bit and then it goes to the proofreaders and then the third draft will be done and I think that will be done out for Christmas. Anyways, 
<laughs> going back to the story. Uh, the story I said, shall I just open a random story? And we opened it on a story of a girl. She's in her twenties now. Um, early twenties who was friends with the Mantis people. And she said when she was very, she was Native American, of course, but that's why she's in the book. And, um, she said that when she was little, she lived, she went to stay with her grandma and then she went uh, to get, get some berries and she took a little puppy with her too and the puppy started barking and there was a light uh like a like a flat sphere she called it metal flat sphere mm-hmm. in the middle of the day and very shiny and then she felt something a hand on her shoulder and she looked at this person and looked like a mantis a giant mantis person mm. And she wasn't freaked out or anything because she had always been obsessed with insects. She loved insects and she collected insects. She studied insects even as a little girl. And she, her plan was to go to university and study insects <laughs> when she grew up. <laughs> and, um, this do they have an insect class in university? Yeah, they do. Actually. What is it called? I can't remember. She said the name. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and, um, she, the this mantis they made friends and he showed her the spaceship and he had floors and floors of collections of insects that he studied the insects of earth he was studying them to see how they were evolving <laughs> right yeah so he was very interested in that and he had uh, like live specimens and preserved specimens and oh she was fascinated because she loved insects and she was studying insects and she had her own collections <laughs> and and then she went home and she told her grandma and her grandma gave her a big hug and said, yeah, the, the mantis people, um, the, they've been very close to our, our people, or the insect people have been always close to our people and they would bring us food and they would teach us how to find food during the hungry moon, which is February. Mm-hmm. The hungry moon is February, mm-hmm. right? Because that's when there's no harvest and nothing's mm-hmm. grown yet, so. And the stuff that you saved is probably gone. good about gone. Yeah, yeah. And she was fascinated by that, but it also told her, you mustn't talk about it because it's a sacred topic, but also people today, they they don't know about these things. So, not to talk about it. Well, she did. That, that's what our six killer asked you. Well, you're telling me <laughs> how come? <laughs> she says, well, you know, I've got your books and I, respect you and this and this and the other so and it's kept anonymous anyways right okay so that's true, I it's thought, anonymous, so it's not like and then she said well when's the last time you saw them he says well like last month i see them about you know every time i go back i mean grandma left me the house after she died and whenever i have a break or summer i go back from because she was in university mm-hmm. I will go back from school. I, I stay there and they know I'm there. And, um, so how do you communicate? I don't know, but it's like, in, I just know in the telepathy thing. And they'll be visiting, you know, when she's there and they hang out. I said, well, you abducted? Oh, no, no. I was invited and I said yes. Yeah, that's the word <laughs> that I was saying is that yeah. abducted is the wrong word. It right. Invited or picked up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they visit. All the time, and it's like a physical visit, not like a astral visit or anything. It's actual physical visit. Yeah. I guess I didn't break her real. 
No, because Ariel, she loved insects. Ariel included. And it. it also includes, remember we talked about shape-shifting too, it also includes a culture and a lineage where this is possible, real, and true. The, co- the collective agreement that that person was born in includes this as a normal thing, that you talk to this the star people or the insect people as something normal and they're good and supportive of your tribe. And vice versa. Remember we talked about the shape-shifting? Uh, and the skin-walking? I'm just getting a little bit numb and... Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> you wump, wump, wump. <laughs> Oh no, Larry, come back. Don't fall asleep. You have to talk <laughs> for the podcast, honey. Okay. Wakey-wakey. Okay, okay, okay. I'm here, I'm here. Okay. Good. I'm just numb feeling. Uh-oh. So you're native. Now I remember so the skinwalker thing. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Hmm. Well, I think I remember somewhere in the not-too-distant past, you said something like the aliens might become more, I don't know if a factor or a parent or a part of the experience that we're going through this next year or two. Do you think that's still in the cards? And are those, uh, is that like a false flag kind of thing or is that real? What, what goes on with that? Is that going to make these uh, things more experienceable like that girl's experience? In other words, if Joe and Jim show up for a pickup and at the new moon when it's really dark out, so nobody notices, then they can just say, "Hey, come on, guys, let's go, go get your checkup," <laughs> <laughs> and you can just open the door and walk out there, and there's this thing, it's on the front yard, you know. Yeah. Can we get to there someday soon? <laughs> so, if that was happening, yeah. How interested would you be in recording podcasts? Way more interested. Are you sure? Oh, I have a lot of stories. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I have a lot of stories. A lot of places because, you know, if they're going to let me uh, remember and just open the door and go out and walk on the ship, I'm going to, you know, hey, talk them into going places. And that'll be good stories. Mm-hmm. I know okay. it's not my, it might not be my personal recreational vehicle, but I'm sure I can talk them into a quick jaunt over here, or go over there, check out that moon thing. And there an asteroid coming by, Atlas or something. Let's go have a peek. <laughs> have a peek see, is it really made of cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I heard this one over here that coming by is made out of Gold or platinum or something. Can we go get a chunk? <laughs> you know. Hey, I mean, isn't there somebody shooting rockets at an asteroid or something? What happened with that? I think that's probably still going. I, I think that was um, a country that you're not used to usually hearing about doing those things. Wasn't it China or something? Oh, I can't remember. I think it was China I was throwing rockets at a... Oh, there was. Yeah, they were sending... 
Oh no! Sending a missile or something or a bomb to bomb an asteroid to see if it really actually messes it up. Oh, it wasn't because he was coming to Earth. Well, you've seen the movie. They pretend like they're doing that Mm -hmm. as like a drill to go practice, but in fact, they're actually doing that. (laughs) We don't know. Oh my goodness! And how come it's only the Chinese that are bothered about this asteroid and no one else? Well. Um, I, I, I lost the thread of it anyway. I don't know. Oh, okay. Although there was a whole bunch of rich men who went into space recently. They all, you know, they went into space and one of them had a giant wiener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spaceship it was like just a like that mistuck. What's the guy that does this with his finger? Oh, yeah, the... Oh, my goodness. You don't um, remember? Uh, yeah. Dr. Evil... Yeah. Or whatever his name is. Yeah, he has the same rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they nice. think when they were building the thing that, you know... <laughs> I think it's like a cartoon thing. Everything's like a cartoon. It's like a caricature, yes. Everything's like a caricature. Your, the American president is a caricature. Yeah. The space thing, people going into space. And what about the virgin boy all covered in beautiful, tall, blonde women and... I don't know if they were blonde, but they were tall and, you know, young and young, covering fit. him. And and all their suit, his suit was like a cartoon too. <laughs> yeah, all the billionaires had to go to space. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think when I look, I go like I, I just feel like I'm maybe not a. Maybe has it always been this, and I just am now. I'm aware of it. And before I thought it was um, sincere, but it's sort of like a game show or it's always Truman been a game show, show and all that. Yeah, it's always been a game show. Yeah. I think you notice it now because you don't watch television day in and day out. Well, you used to. Well, I, yeah, I, I watched movies, but I never really watched CNN or anything like that. But it was running in the background all the time. My mom's, but not, a, not where I lived. Oh, okay. Okay. When there was nine eleven, yes, of course, had to get our proper brainwash. <laughs> Gosh, I feel sorry for those guys then that knew it was what knew it wasn't what it was, mm-hmm. and all the rest of us were like, "But there's terrorists." Actually, I remember I was sitting on the bridge driving to Seattle to visit my dad on his way to Las Vegas, and. uh I think he was on his way to his toner cartridge convention. <laughs> really? <laughs> they have such a thing. Wow. They used to have such a thing. They don't anymore. They don't have conventions no more. Not just toner cartridge. Toner cartridge refilling convention. Oh, my goodness. So, so specific, I know. And, of course, they would have to have it in Vegas. Of course. Where else are you going to have your toner cartridge refilling <laughs> convention yes yes, yes. <laughs> so he would go and that would be the time that we could visit him as on the oh, airport on his way oh through my God. so he'd bring all the kids and go to the airport to visit him and stuff but this time uh we were only almost to port angeles uh-huh. and uh i heard yeah i think he called and he said his flight got canceled because an airplane hit the twin towers i said one airplane hits the twin towers and you're your flight's canceled, aren't you, in Alaska? 
<laughs> That's in New York, right? He says, yeah, but I don't know. Two of them hit. I said, two of them? Well, geez, that can't be an accident. Right. What the heck's going on? So from that place, the story to fill that, what the heck's going on, was given and fed to everyone, right? Yeah, and you believed it, huh? Of course. Wow. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So tell me why I wouldn't. Because it was ridiculous. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Bloody hell, it was obvious. I, you know, I remember I lived in Madrid at the time. You did? Yeah. yeah. And we never had the TV on, but for some reason I just stopped suddenly in front of the television in the living room as I was going by, by and I grabbed the button and turned it on and I saw a plane smashing into a thing. <laughs> oh my I thought, gosh. what? What? What the hell? And then they started talking about what it was, and I thought, oh, my gosh. No, you can't have that. This is like a... Uh, the what My words were, this is a ritualistic sacrifice um, planned and executed on a very special day because the 11th of September was indeed a special day that needed to be broken, and it was the same day that they had... The military coup, which was also very, very bloody in Chile in 1973. So to me, they, they immediately went together. I remember hearing they found who it was almost right away because there was a, a passport that fell on to the ground by the Twin Towers from the <laughs> crashed airplane <laughs> that had the guy's name on it. And I'm like, what are the chances? I know. That's so amazing. Yes. I didn't even think for a second that that was absurd. I know. Isn't it weird? And yeah. this is the same thing, what's going on today. And it's absurd, but nobody really matters. And the thing about seeing things in the sky or whatever that are not part of our everyday reality happens the same way. If it's not part of your reality, it continues to be not part of your reality. So you don't see it. Yeah, I know it's hard for people to believe that's true. I mean, it might be, but I, I know, I remember hearing and, and reading about that your brain is a filter to filter out all mm -hmm. the unnecessary stuff. Yep. Otherwise, you'd be overwhelmed every moment. Right, right. Because there's literally so much input. So much input, yeah. So only the real... Interesting or um, usable, relevant, relevant data yeah. is what what you interpret. Yeah, and you keep and keep and uh, watch that basketball the example monkeys. one with the guys pass the basketball around, and you're supposed yeah. to watch how many times the basketball get, gets passed around. Yeah. And the whole time you're watching that, counting how many passes there are. A guy in a monkey suit runs out in the middle and does a jumping jack and waves at you, and then moves on yes and at the end of it you ask if you saw the monkey and no nobody, nobody sees it. Oh, yeah. once in a while somebody does. i saw it you saw it, but yeah. everyone else including myself don't see it until you right. rewind it and go what how can you even <laughs> miss how could you miss that exactly that's how it works that's exactly how it works so the whoever's is it a thing that those fellas flying those ufo things around take advantage of or is it just a thing that is, and they don't really take advantage of it or not? Because in all of the stories, they all say the same thing. I was like, well, it doesn't matter. You're not going to remember any of this anyway. Right. Why? 
Are they doing something or is there something else it's going on? It's a mutual on? agreement. The person doesn't want to lose the game. And they know they have the technology of how to make them forget it. That was one of the stories. He said, he didn't um, forget. They took the memory and removed it. Yeah, they took the memory. They stole his memory. <laughs> they removed that memory. Yeah. I didn't forget it. It wasn't wiped. It doesn't exist there anymore. Yeah. It's gone. They stole it. <laughs> they took that one. <laughs> yeah. Even though um, the hypnotizer couldn't do her. You'll remember it. Five, four, three, two, ones. Yeah. Even that didn't work. All right. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So is the alien thing coming up, do you think? Do you still feel like it's uh, going to be relevant in a little while? It's not going to come up because it already has come up. If you look at the news, the whole thing is being normalized. The fact that there's aliens out there and they're calling them aerial phenomena and they're calling them aerial threats. I mean, there's been UFOs and ETs on this planet for thousands of years, but suddenly they're they're a threat? I don't think so. And they're going to use the human-driven spaceships because, yes, they've managed to shoot some down, to disconnect some, and I was part of one of those situations where they brought one of them down. And they use the technology that they steal to make other spaceships. And if they want to do, is you know, the blue beam, blue beam thing is like a false flag of UFOs. They think they're going to project them. They don't need to project them because they have UFO technology driven by people. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff they're going to be using to pretend there's an alien invasion. And a thing that can more control over people, but also elimination of people in mass numbers because, you know, the aliens did it. Right. Right. And we don't know, they might say, oh, they're spraying things and they're they're activating technology that kills people. All these type of things when it's actually all of that is being carried out by humans. All of it. Including the nasty, nasty abductions. Those are carried out by humans. Humans are doing that. Not aliens. Do you think that's related to the, um, the thing? I don't, I didn't listen to it with you yet. Del Big Tree and, um, Catherine Austin Fitz were talking for about an hour and a half. And it was an interesting conversation because Del Big Tree's, uh, um, he wrote, he did a movie about vaccines. Oh, okay. That's a very famous one. And, uh, he's been, you know, talking about it quite a lot. Uh-huh. And he said it at some point or they had to come to the conclusion that no amount of facts or data was going to move or shift the needle on what's going on right now because obviously it's not about that. It must be about something else. Mm-hmm. And Catherine was uh, explaining the something else, what that was about. Right. And in her, basically, there were at some point in the past, in the 40s and 50s and 60s, somewhere around there, there was the black part, dark, not black, as an evil, but black as an off-the-books government mm-hmm. and the on-the-books government. And the off-the-books government, the secret budgets and all the other stuff, it grew so big that it's like overwhelmed 
the other one. The and it was running the other one. Yeah. The visible one. It's sort of, she, she used the analogy of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's like the world that we exist in, the government that we see, that's the Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And if you go downstairs from Disneyland, you get to see how the rides work and all the people get from place to place and, you know, the real, the real structure. Mm-hmm. That's the other not really even government isn't the word, but what would you call it? The managers? I suppose <laughs> the managers. The operators. The operators. The yeah, black budget part. Yeah, operators. The off the books one. Yeah. Anyway, that one's gotten so large and so big and so giant that it's it's using it's just decided that we'll get rid of Disneyland and just have us. <laughs> You don't need the pretend one anymore. Right, right. Let's just have the real one. Yeah. Because either too much trouble or it's a waste of time or it's no, no reason to bother with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of the experience that's actually happening. It doesn't yeah. really have anything to do with, except for as a lever to maneuver. Yeah. The vaccine stuff and all that makes it very, it makes it like the, 9-11 thing, you know, the 9-11 thing wasn't really about terrorism, but it was about control control and altering the power something. structures. Yeah. And it, I was reading it today, it, the main reason was to move money. <laughs> because you can't just take $2 trillion out of the budget and just disappear it without somebody knows some way to launder it. So if they have a war that never ends, there's trillions and trillions of dollars they spend on yeah. it. It goes there and it gets washed through. Mm-hmm. And then they can use it yeah. for whatever they want to without so much trouble. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's a bit like the UFO thing we we're just talking about. It's like we live in a Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And the real world has uh, got a lot of things going on that we don't see, don't think to see. Mm-hmm. So, so what do we do the, about it? The, talk, the UFO thing is a false flag thing that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're already putting it into place. They're normalizing UFOs and normalizing ETs and all that stuff was stuff in the main media Just channels. Stopping from like being ridiculed. They're moving, removing the ridicule for it and making it a sincere real thing. And a threat. And a threat. Well, exactly. That's part of it, yeah. yeah. So they've, they've so. changed the vocabulary to change the narrative around it. Mm-hmm. So from UFOs, suddenly it's aerial phenomena. Unidentified aerial phenomena. UAP. Unidentified aerial phenomena and aerial threats. And right. they always talk about the threats or the, the, the danger and all these type of things. Whenever you look at a, any of these shows that talk about UFOs, and there's tons of new shows about UFOs in all the the broadcasting things like... Uh, Prime, Amazon Prime, Showtime, message, I was just Showtime Hulu, today. Hulu, um, I, I'm sure Netflix, we don't do Netflix anymore because they're pervs. Um, <laughs> they got fired. They got fired. And HBO, all of those, all of those have it. Mm-hmm. But the insect equation was fascinating to me. Um, with this story from Ardit Six Killer, but also, the new chapter that I wrote in for the for the Earth Files has an insect in it, <laughs> <laughs> an alien insect in it, but it's not. It's like somebody's pet, you know. You read that new chapter. I did. 
Yeah, that was a great chapter. Mm-hmm. Where did you read it? If somebody was interested in like getting these sneak peeks. If you want to read the first draft of their Earth Files, you can go to walkwithmenow.com, join it, and there's a whole thread with all the chapters in it. And you read them. And I read them too. Yep. There's recordings of us reading it, talking about it, and discussing the whole thing. Very nice. Now, the other side of aliens, I mean, the human side is the false flag thing that they're going to use to put more fear into the planet. The fear is the fuel for the low-frequency paradigm. That's why they're really pushing on the fear. Now, we, as light workers, we have to watch out for the fear that you can get or the fear or the righteousness that you can get from really inflammatory um, videos. That usually or not always, but sometimes can be made up. Yeah, they are real, a real circumstance, but the narrative that's applied to them is incendiary. Yes. So it looks like they're like kidnapping someone's kid to go give them a vaccine. But it's not exactly that. But the narrative that goes along with the video is that. So you get all like, what? Fired up righteous. Yeah. And that's, and that's the energy, the energy feed. that feeds. You know, yeah, that's the, that's the, the engagement to mm-hmm. to um, stage two, yeah. set two. You know, it's like the first one was you're afraid and you go get a shot. Mm-hmm. Second one is now you're righteous and you're going to go to battle. Right. So what do you do instead of that? You chill. Chill. And, yeah, you can take things like um, what's been happening, at least in the United States, and I've received several reports about this, mm-hmm. is that um, workplaces, for example, governmental workplaces or hospitals or other locations, private businesses, they uh, tell their staff members that they have to get vaccinated and the staff members go to take them to court, mm-hmm. right? So the educational department or the, the educational department in Los Angeles, I think, tried to take, make everybody vaccinate and the workers, there was a, there was a file, a case filed against them and they immediately dropped that hmm. thing about vaccination. They immediately drop it. So they, if you don't take them to court, they will do it. But if you do, they won't. I remember I read also today, an associate who worked at a doctor office, or no, it was a dentist office. The dentist said, all right, everybody, by Monday next week, you have to be vaccinated. And so all of the hygienists and all of the techs said, well, we quit then. All of them. Mm-hmm. That left her with zero people working there. Right. And so she said, well, that was a mistake. I'm sorry, <laughs> I take it back. That's <laughs> <So laughs> where you're going to get yeah, yeah, because they didn't have to do it because she can't force them. Right. And she misjudged, I think, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's other situations where, like, most of the staff members get vaccinated and it's just one or two that don't, mm-hmm. right? And then you're going to be have to be clever. You're going to have, have to be, be clever. clever. Right. If you're going to continue to work there, even though probably it's not in your best idea for your health to no, be doing that. to be that. doing that because there should be shit all over. I remember you said it was a bad idea to live in the cities. Mm-hmm. I've been and, oh it for years. And oh my gosh, I've been watching 
this, this, that, the other. All the cities are the ones that bring in the 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 push. The push, yeah, the righteous this and the signs on all the restaurants and everywhere that you can put stores and all that stuff. It's like wow. That's like tough. Yeah. If you want to make it tough on yourself, you stay there. Yeah. Because you're you can be pushed so many ways there, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow, plus the energy of all of the people and the the stuff that comes off of them. My mom and my dad, remember, they got sick. Yeah, they did get sick. Just from going to the fair, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you, um, so if you find yourself like... getting sick from being exposed to um, people that have been... I guess shedding all over, whatever, whatever it is, because it's not easy to identify. It's, oh, it's a this thing or it's a that thing or it's a this. It could be multiples of things. Yeah, it could be multiples of things. Yeah. So what is the best thing to do in your mind? Mine was we take like 50,000 vitamin D's (laughs) and we take some chaga tea. Yep. And we take a nice big dose of vitamin C Mm -hmm. with some zinc in it and occasionally some elderberries. Yeah. And um, an a, a vitamin A, a vitamin D, and a vitamin K, K thing. And one pill had all three in it because they seemed to, like, help each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, hydrogen gas, the Brown's gas thing. Mm-hmm. That seems to help, too, because it, it sort of helps flush it. We got something called zeolite that's coming. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, slightly, but... Yeah, so that's get the, rid of the toxins and the heavy metals out of your body. That's going to help you with all the 5G stuff that they're amping up every single day a little bit more. Yeah. Um, another technology is, of course, everybody's heard of HARP. And that's definitely a technology that you can check out and it's being used all over the world. Um, and it's all to make the physical bodies uncomfortable. But Stressed, if you're not right? filled... If you're not filled with nanoparticles and metals and heavy metals and things like that, and you're staying away from those big dower things, then you're going to be less sensitive to the effects of those technologies, and you're going to be fine. So, yeah, it's like, don't get engaged into that fearful thing. And the what I thought was, uh, this summer... July, August, they were going to do some sort of variant, they're going to do more lockdowns, there's going to be another wave, and they're going to start showing more deaths, actual deaths, because the other waves of death, they've hidden really, really well. But this one is going to start showing, in my opinion. And now we're like mid, just past mid-August, and we've seen it, lockdowns, <laughs> left, right, yeah, center. Yeah, lo- locking down hardcore. Hardcore in Australia, so having a really tough time of it, really tough time of it through July, August. Horrible, yeah. horrible life there. Many places in Australia, not all of Australia, some places. Ireland's bad, I think. Yeah. There's like so there's, spots there's that are spots, terrible, terrible, yeah, terrible. Really, Canada's really terrible mm-hmm. still. Um, and then later on in the year, there, I thought that that was going to happen. Now they're going to call it like COVID-21 or a variant of a COVID-19 or whatever. And I think they're going to call it the Delta strain or something. They're doing Delta now, yeah. And Lambda, of course. Okay. And now, so I'm thinking that the original thought that that's, that's happening now, but they were prepping, they started prepping the population of the planet about ETs. That's the prepping work. They're prepping it. And um, 
they're going to do the false flag, in my opinion, probably at the end of the year. Um, sometimes things can happen before, sometimes later, but it seems to be that order. Is it going to be real alien UFOs? No, they're not. They're human, human technological things. Mm-hmm. However, because they open it up to the human collective, this information, and they, they have a very small window in which they can exploit it. Very small. Because once it's open, then those beings, the, the star people or the star cousins, and um, they can start being openly Being more absolutely present. open with their own family, right? Right, with their own family. Because they're not going to just sit by and let their family get destroyed or whacked on. Right. So, but it's not about savior either. So well, it's the not about person savior, but it's has also... to be in the right frequency. Hmm. If they're not in the right frequency for that family, they can't do anything about it. Just like somebody like we know or they are keen on getting the job or they believe all the dialogue and things are happening on the planet. And there's nothing we can, no matter how much we love them, there's nothing we can do to get them out of the illusion, right? It's the same with your their space cousins. Doesn't matter what they do, you're not going to see them, or you're not going to believe them, or you're not going to be able to even talk to them because you're in the wrong frequency. I see. So, you're a light worker. That means that your cousins, or your space cousins, brothers and sisters, they are also high frequency. Otherwise, they wouldn't be related to you. And because they're high frequency and they're not on earth playing a like dark paradigm, that's why they're invisible to you. And for you to be visible to, uh, for you, for them to be visible to you, you have to move into that frequency of just light, no dark light. Oh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can do the other work into the regression. Uh, not regression, the, the, the yep, hypnotherapy to get the memories to start, you know, unblocking. And then you can go as far as you want with that because just like I found when people went into the oneness session, they, they went as far as they wanted, then they'd stop. They stop before they got to oneness. Mm-hmm. With these memory unblocking things, you will go as far as you want so that it doesn't ruin your game. Interesting. And then, you know, they have a life too, you know. It's like they have stuff to do. <laughs> well, I'm not the center of their stuff. No, you're not the center of their world. I might be. We'll find out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I might be. You might be? <laughs> yes, I might okay. be. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's been fascinating to me is the the uh, insect-type uh, aliens right now mm. because their their collectives are so radically different to ours. <laughs> and humans are always afraid of them. They make movies about them being evil. And also, like, generally in insects, you know, we, we think of them as something that's an enemy. But it's like there's they're so fascinating. I remember my brother used to be fascinated with ants 
and we used to watch them for hours and they were so intelligent they would figure things out and they worked as teams and i saw a documentary about this man who traveled through africa i think he was from africa maybe and they would fill they would find abandoned ants nests and they would fill them with cement i think or or plaster and then they would take them out and they would see all whole city mm-hmm. with garbage disposal with nurseries with living quarters sleeping quarters um like stocked up uh pantries full of food <laughs> and the, the whole system he was explaining it had air passage so that everything's always had fresh air and and, and healthy hmm. and i was like oh my god these are tiny little insects i remember i remember seeing those too yeah. tiny impossibly insects. perfect sophisticated and perfect better yeah. he said these designs are better than any human city i have ever been in they're way more efficient, healthier. They're just way better. And these are made by tiny little insects, you know? So that intelligence, people always say, oh, you know, the hive mind, you know? Mm-hmm. But actually, it's the humans who are acting in a hive mind and have been acting in a hive mind since the light that paradigm began. That one boss or a group of Alphas rule the planet and everybody <laughs> say they're slave and have to do what they say, right? So it's different, but this intelligence, the intelligence from this insect kind of creatures is just so radically different that to me it's fascinating. And when I scan them, the mantis people or others, I haven't had any contact with them. Like, I can't say that anymore because I contacted them at a telepathic level, right? Mm-hmm. But not at a physical level. I've never met one. They are definitely different. <laughs> I, all, that's all I can say. It's just they're so different that to even communicate with them, you have to bridge meaning a and... A massive difference. Sorry? A massive difference. You have to bridge and to, to be able to translate into human what they're capable of, right? But yeah, the stories that I've heard, that I mean, the one that I read from Artie Six Killer's book, mm-hmm. um, the, this person who loved insects and was fascinated by them, it was all positive and their history was a positive relationship with the mantis people, right? The insect people. And I have heard and I have read other stories that are also positive. But then the popular culture is the opposite of that. Yeah, totally. So scary and nasty and then nasty, horrible. And they just want to kill humans. (laughs) 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 Right? Or like uh, the story Cliff was telling. Was that Mantids? No. It was a different group. Yeah. The ones that taught him, that yeah. learned or remembered chemically, were born. Maybe they are. Maybe it's, this, it's really hard to interpret it, you see. So maybe that's his interpretation. Right. It could be. Um, but for example, but they were completely different. as they, somebody who 
grew up very, very closely related to people who, I mean, some of my ancestors are farmers from Europe for many generations, like landowners and farmers and land management, you know, growing things. And I grew up knowing that there's some bad insects, it's true, but there's a lot of them that you want them around because they're your your friends. They're gardeners' friends. Right? Like our big, big wasp nest. I think they might be, yeah. They might be one of the wasps that kill the nasty stuff. Um, but also aphids, for example, right? Right. Are bad because they eat our plants, allegedly. Um, and then ladybugs eat aphids, so... We, we like ladybugs because they eat aphids, <laughs> yeah, and aphids totally. eat our food. We have a giant right. spider right by our door entrance. Yes, and it eats all the bugs that we don't like. <laughs> yeah, and we're not exactly super big fans of giant spiders by our hands. No. But this one seems to have good manners, because when you come by, it, it, run, it runs, runs and hides into yeah. a little hole that you can't see it. Right. It isn't, like, aggressive or anything. Right. So... That's part of the the whole thing. It's like, it's not like black and white, you know. It's actually friendly. And one of the things that, for example, anybody who grows trees or plants, they will know that if your tree or your plant has insects killing it, it's because it was already sick and they're just taking care, taking away a sick plant. They're eating away at a sick plant or a sick tree. Oh, yeah. Right? It's not like the insects did it. The insects are there because it's sick. Exactly. Exactly. Sort of so, like the virus thing. Yeah, it's very similar. That's right. <laughs> very similar. So what you do is you you look at it and think, okay, does it have the right amount of water? Does it have the right, the right type of soil? Does it have enough enough air in the ground for it to flourish? Does it have enough light or has it too much light? And then you figure out what it is with the plant, right? So you can help it. And uh, yeah, I mean, if it's a house plant, you can wipe all the insects away and start changing the soil and feeding it, put it in a different location and reading up about it to see how you can support that plant. And if it's not completely sick, it can recover and it can survive and live. And then, miraculously, the insects are gone, right? So whenever there's an insect invasion in your garden, it's because something is in, in not, not balanced. Something is off. And you need to look at what is off in order to fix it. And then you won't have, like, an invasion of whatever's in your, in your yard. Like our... Willow trees. Yeah, we planted several willow trees and they're all dead but one. Which might not be. Might not be alive? Might not be alive. It might just have got oh, eight this no. morning. Oh no. Because there was a molehill right there, right in it. Yeah, oh no. And yeah, I, well, the imbalance is the, the moles. The moles that eat willow trees. They love willow trees. So Most animals love to eat the willow tree. How do we get them started then? Well, we got to start them first and then put them in a pot, 
in the dirt. Yeah. And then the willow tree grows through the pot and busts it when it gets big yeah, enough. Yeah, I think so. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of digging, though. It was. That was when I had to dig the hard way. Yeah. Not with the machine you have me. Yeah. Gave you a machine for your birthday. (laughs) That was a perfect thing. Because digging holes. Yeah. I have a list of things that I really like. Uh It's not on it. So anyways, let's go back to the insects and the aliens. And part of that, to me anyway, feels like if there's a... Like something feeding off the human collective that we might think, you know, like a negative mm-hmm. insect or whatever. It's because something's not balanced. Something's out of balance. Ah, I see. Interesting way to think yeah. about it. Yeah. And it's the same when people get sick. I mean, they think, oh, no, I'm going to have to kill all these germs. But actually, it's something that's not balanced within their body. And that's why they're vulnerable and these things can come in. Plus, if you were to look at a snake when it's shedding its skin. Yeah. If you didn't know what was going on. You think it was You would think dying. it's dying and it's super sick. Yeah. And it needs to go find a dark place and hide and it's terribly uncomfortable. It's just like crazy. Yeah. And then its skin splits, for God's sake. <laughs> You're and not if, a snake, honey. And if you didn't know what happens in the fall... You'd be sure all these trees are dying. Oh, yeah. And they're dead all winter. Mm-hmm. Because they're shedding their leaves. Yep. Is that what they call it? Yep. Shedding, or what do they call their leaves when they fall? Fall. <laughs> their leaves word? fall. Their leaves fall. <laughs> yes, their leaves all die and fall off. Similar to a human body, right? Certain seasons, we also shed things, alter our systems inside, move from summer mode to winter mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you didn't know that trees shed their leaves in the winter mm-hmm. because, you, as you've been told, what happens? They shed their leaves. How come? What? I don't know. Do you know why? Because it gets too cold. Too cold for leaves? What about the other? Yeah. The evergreen trees don't shed their leaves. They no, have keep their don't. needles all year. Mm-hmm. They're different types of trees. Yeah, I know, but... Where are you going with this? <laughs> my point is, is that if... Be a great evergreen? <laughs> be evergreen, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I remember in high school, the okay. teacher, my most impactful teacher on me, uh-huh. Charles Jaraz, he taught us basically to never accept anything as true unless we had truthed it and proofed it ourselves Mm -hmm. so all of the assumptions that we just accept oh they say this is the way it is so that's the way it is and Mm -hmm. from there i can say this is also true well first you have to truth the very first step make sure that all of these things are actually factually true and not partially true or made up true or paid for science true or Oh, so you can use Complete the truth lies. and exercises from the the class, the truth and lies class, right? Yeah, and if you're good at it, it will tell you. Mm-hmm. If you're practicing at it, you can truth it, and mm-hmm. then you can proof it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, truth it, say, yes, this is true, no, this is ain't, and then follow the trail back to the source of the information and see if you can find out 
how those facts were established. Right. Oftentimes you'll find the facts are established based on a very flimsy assumption. <laughs> yes. Or sometimes That's, they're made up. They're, they're just, just completely made up. made up and everybody moves, yeah. goes with it like it must uh-huh, be true uh-huh. because they can't even understand maybe yeah. the math that says it is that because the math that says it is that isn't even math that says it is that. It's just math. Right. right. I guess the point is, is that if, uh, if there was a different story about why trees' leaves fall off and it's not a completely normal thing and it's a consequence of We'll be trying to something cure that, the trees. Something that every people are doing every fall, year. We're trying to be curing the trees. We have a mm, the th- thunderthon you know, to save the leaves. Did and you know like that. that tomato plants are perennials? Did you know this? I knew this. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> so, plants have two main things that people say are different. Yeah. One of them's annual plant means that they grow in the spring, they flourish in the summer, and they actually die in the winter. But by the time they die, they give off all their seeds. So then the next spring, a new generation of that plant comes up, but not the same plant. That's an annual plant. A perennial plant means that you plant it one year, it can last many, many years. The same plant stays alive for many years. Okay. Got it. Right. And tomatoes are perennials. But people, right, cut them down every year. Why? Because they're this, they, they're in the United States, they're called exotic plants because they're not natural or normal for this region. They're imported plants from somewhere else. But in that somewhere else, the plant stays alive for many years and gives tomatoes out every year. And we could theoretically keep our tomato plant alive if we keep it warm enough through the winter, right? Okay. And then the next year, we have the same plant. It'll be stronger and bigger. And they grow like a trunk. Uh, they drug, grow a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's a different, right? Because people here, they, I don't know, I think they're convinced they're annual, so... They don't even give the plant a chance to survive. They just kill it off every winter and throw it in the trash and uh, put a new one out for the spring. Fascinating, isn't it? It's fascinating. Sure. <laughs> fascinating, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not strong in the, in the cold there. They're not strong in the cold. Well, neither are your lemon trees, and we got those going still. Yeah, we do. We protect them every winter from frost, and they're fine. Okay, well, if you want to do it to your tomato, I'm sure we can. Mm. We have a heater we can stick in there. Yeah, we could. It's in a greenhouse, after all. Yeah. Could try it. Okay. So, moral of the story, there's a lot of stories. Yeah. And, um... We believe them. Be <laughs> sure the story you're following is one that's more supportive of yourself. Yes. If you have a yeah. choice, you know, yeah. you might as well pick one that is mm-hmm. supportive of you. Right. And everything's yeah. possible. If you want to see your space cousins, you're going to see them. But I'm fascinated by the insect people now. 
I it just it's just the intelligence so fascinating. So fascinating and different. It's just <laughs> well, fascinating. When you're fascinated, to me. I have a feeling we'll find out more about Yes, I think so. Do you think that's very new to me? Do you think that was accurate the that the babies are born with the maximum amount of information and they no, don't learn don't as so. they get older? No. You think ants think get so. smarter the more times they walk around? Yep. They learn. I know they learn because my brother taught them stuff. They, he taught ants tricks and they would learn them for sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, it isn't. It is true too. Why are you telling porcupines? I'm not telling porcupines. Yeah, sure uh-uh, you are. Uh-uh. Taught your ants. Yeah, he did. You can't even talk to your ants. He built a little boat, okay, and he put it in a trough. And he put ants on the boat. They spent the first day trying to get out of the boat, but of course they couldn't because there was water all around them. Yeah. And then he taught them that, I can't remember exactly how it was, it was a system. He would give them sugar if mm-hmm. they did whatever it was that he wanted them to do. And they learned it by pattern. So when he would come around, he would do whatever, communicate to them to do whatever it was, and they would do it and he would give them the sugar. And then they would grab the sugar and eat it or try and take it back, you know, wherever their new nest was. It was only mm-hmm. three or four of them, right? And eventually they all drowned. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they learn, but not very well. Right, right. But it was a very limited experiment. And, you know, yeah. he was only like, what, 12, 13 or something. He trained his ants way better than I trained mine. <laughs> <laughs> but they learn. They do learn. Not an insect, but it was a slug. <laughs> what? Okay, what did you what teach your slug? Exactly. Um, <laughs> it was, what are those slugs with, uh, with a shell? Snail. Snail. <laughs> That's right. It's a slug <laughs> with a snail. The shell. It was a snail. And I taught this snail that to let me pet its little head between the, the little antennas. Between the eye thingies. Yeah. They're not antennas, they're eyes. The eyes? Okay, between the eyes, I, I, so I could pet it. And if he let me pet it, I would give him fresh lettuce. Hmm. So after a while, a few days, he would just kind of stick his little head out and put it around the, so that we could pet it and then put his mouth up and I would give him the lettuce. <laughs> 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 yes. You married one of those individuals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by strange creatures. That's why I hang out with you, honey, and all the other humans. <laughs> lucky us. Yeah, totally. You're very lucky to have me on the planet. Yes, indeed. I agree. Do you feel complete? Yeah, I'm still a little bit numb, honey. Yeah, from the A little ET bit stuff. numb from the ET stuff. Yeah, I'm a little bit fuzzy. Oh, my goodness. My eyes are squinty. Oh, no. (laughs) So we better do this regression thing pretty soon. Maybe it'll stop the fuzzy stuff. Yeah, maybe. uh, It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, I love you. I love you too, darling.